This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Daniel Henderson. And you know how we do on these bonus? We kick back, cut loose, hang 10, catch a vibe. And read your emails to you. That's right. Right. We have uh, an entire slate of emails this week, so we kind of want to hit it now. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say about this first one, because I feel like everything has been leading up to this in terms of the (laughs) FMKs. Little did either little did the writer know or the writer 100 percent knew. Now, I, I... I feel a lot of pressure on this one, obviously, because I feel like, you know, this is like, like I said, a very important question, but um, I'm going to read it out and then we'll figure out what's what. Okay. The title of this email is called FMK Christian Slater edition. And it's an email from Nicole. And Nicole writes, greetings, Danielle and Millie. I have been a devoted listener from day one. You are so fucking smart, funny, honest, and share an amazing rapport that only comes from a truly ride or die bond. While I have commented and messaged many times on Instagram, I have never actually written in. It's not because I don't relate to most everything you, my fellow Gen Xers, wax poetic about. I too just turned 45 and suddenly became more familiar with my poo than I ever needed or desired. (laughs) (laughs) What finally made me decide to inundate you with my own voice was obviously your discussion about Christian Slater, specifically your idea to have a Christian Slater theme month. I not only fully support this plan, but desperately want to be a third wheel in these discussions. Slater was my first obsession at 13 years old, so much so that my mother referred to him as my future son-in-law. I even fancied that we had a song together. Has any couple worth their salt had? (laughs) I can't believe you didn't tell us what the song was, Nicole. And I guarantee it was Brian Adams. If you really love a woman. (laughs) (laughs) That is so fucking funny, Nicole. Okay. (laughs) Rather than crashing such a dynamic duo, however, I'm just going to throw out a couple FMKs in the theme of Christian Slater. Thank you both so much more than I can cover here as a from birth cinephile, a pro bono film writer and a fledgling podcaster. I'm so very grateful for your voices, Nicole. Okay. Wow. Two rounds. Heavy, heavy hitters. All right, here we go. First up psycho Slater FMK. (laughs) Fuck, Mary kill Jason JD Dean from Heather's. Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh from Young Guns 2 and Clarence Worley from True Romance. Danielle. Oh, boy. I mean, this is harder than I thought it would be. 
Mm. Mm. I'm going to out the gate kill Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. <laughs> Just because Young Guns 2 is not my favorite Slater. And I don't think he looks cute in cowboy gear. Ah, oh, well, mm-hmm. so he got to go. Okay, makes but sense. But then yep. the other two psychos I'm choosing between it's tough because Jason JD Dean is obviously my first Slater crush. <laughs> like, how can I deny my first Slater crush? But then yeah. Clarence Worley, I feel like is not. Marryable, mm. but then yep. JD blew up a school and started what was a dark time in American history. He was at the forefront of a very dark time in American history with school violence. So I am going to fuck JD. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to okay. fuck JD from Heather's because we could do it in a car. That's kind of all he wants. Like he just wants to fucking blow people up. Yeah, so, but he, oh, but what about his boat with his sacks and his bock? He would, you could fuck on the boat. We can fuck everywhere as the world burns. As the world <laughs> burns, like corn nuts, BQ or plain. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't want the corn nuts. He just wants you. He'll let you hang out with your friends. And here's the real reason I'll fuck JD. I think afterwards he would be down to talk major shit about people. He's such a shit talker. Oh yeah, for sure. So I'm going to fuck him. We're going to talk some shit. And then I'm mm-hmm. going to leave. And I'll be very surprised. I'll have to act surprised when the news vans come around. I'm like, did you know this guy that you fucked just blew up a bunch of people? <laughs> and I'll be like, well, he blew this up first. So I knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to marry Clarence Worley because I kind of feel like he'd be out in a shed doing his weirdo shit all the time. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know me. I don't want a husband that's going to be like around. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a, he's kind of a nerd that has his own like nerd passions. Yeah, yeah. So I'll marry Clarence and let him do his thing in his shed, and I will also act surprised when the news vans show up and are like, "Hey, did you know this guy like was basically <laughs> Ted Kaczynski?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, I never went in that shed. I had no idea." Yeah. Um, but that was a good. That was a hard one in a couple of ways. But I'm dying to hear your answers. Okay, <laughs> so. I'm going to admit it's been either a hot minute or no minute since I've seen Young Guns. I can't remember. <laughs> no minute. <laughs> Young Guns 2, that is. Like, I saw, actually, Young Guns was playing. You know what's really weird? You know, like, CMT, the country music television channel that was primarily, like, an MTV for country music Oh, yeah, you, fans? you don't have to tell me what CMT is. I know what it yeah. is. Yeah. Of course, right? <laughs> they so they started playing a lot of movies. Like they pretty much play all movies now, which is really weird. And I, I feel like the movies that they play are kind of like they've got kind of this like southern bent, like a or Americana kind of bent. So it's like they'll play like Sweet Home Alabama with uh Reese Witherspoon, but then they'll play like Western type stuff, like not old westerns, but kind of like newer westerns. And they were playing Young Guns the other day, and I was like, Am I gonna sit here? in the middle of folding laundry and then just stop doing everything to watch young guns. Cause I hadn't watched it in forever. <laughs> and then I remembered from that, that they they made a sequel. I think, I think they made at least one, right? Obviously. Yeah. And then I was like, have I seen young guns too? So now I don't, I don't remember. I've seen young guns too. Having said any of this, I am going to 
fuck Clarence from True Romance. Wow. Yes. Just because it feels like that's the kind of appropriate thing for him and his character. Like, yeah. you know, everybody loves like a lovers on the run thing. It, I, I think that I would be in that tradition with him as well. Okay. I'm going to marry Arkansas Dave from Young Guns 2. Wow. Because Cause you don't know him. I don't really know him. You're going to do I, a married at first sight with Arkansas Dave. Right. It feels like men in that era were the marrying type. It feels like they only married people at like 16. So They were also the type to wear the same pair of pants for a year straight without washing them. <laughs> and just getting those nut bugs. <laughs> I'm not saying it wouldn't be tough for a modern gal like me to be married to like an old West husband. I'm sure there are a lot of complications with the old West husband, but a lot of rickets, a lot of rickets going on back then. Yeah. But I know for a fact that JD from Heather's is not the marrying kind. As no, you said. <laughs> absolutely. Not. You have to fuck or kill him. You have to. Yes. He's got a really bad relationship with his father. Like that's mm. just going to be, that's going to play out on any kind of like, you know, subsequent children we would have. And I just, I don't know. Like, to me, he is, he'd be too annoying to be in a marriage or, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, he'd definitely too annoying to be in a marriage with, but I, when I would give in a choice between Clarence and JD, I'd be like, let's just kill JD. It's kind of, it yeah. feels like that's what he wants. He's a nihilist. Yeah. So, yeah. that's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, I'm into it. That is the first round. Now, the second round, really really is tugs at my heartstrings okay <laughs> so this the second and final christian slater fmk is sensitive slater fmk and we have three choices for the fmk mark hunter from pump up the volume adam from untamed hearts and lewis farrell from bed of roses this is so easy for me. <laughs> okay. I can't so wait. easy for me. I'm going to marry Adam from Untamed Heart because he's not long for this world. <laughs> God. I will marry him. I'll fuck him once and I'll probably die. Like, bye. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks That's for the memories. That's the way of not being around and in your shit. That's the way of not being in my goddamn face. Leaving toast sweat on the counter is like, you're not going to be long for this world. You're going to die. Marry Adam for sure. Absolutely fuck Mark Hunter from Pump Up the Volume. He is every bad dude I've ever been attracted to rolled up into one. And oh, sure, he's sure. shirtless frequently. <laughs> and he's hot and mean. And you got to just fuck that guy. And <laughs> run away. <laughs> And I'm killing Lewis from Bed of Roses because I don't care about romance. <laughs> this is, these rounds always reveal a lot about me, but that's just straight up. Like, Lewis is boring. Yeah. So dude, you gotta go. Dude, I have to say, so I never saw the movie Bed of Roses, but the trailer, I've seen it probably like 7,000 times. In the 90s. And then when I, I just watched it again before we popped on to do the, the podcast. And the trailer, I mean, it was like I was instantly taken back. I mean, first of all, you have the freaking Enya 
Storms in Africa song. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's like indicating this is going to be a, a, a romance about older people. And then I was like, I forgot all about like the, <laughs> the, the storyline, which is like, I guess Mary Stewart Masterson is like a high powered businesswoman. And then she's like, there's a guy that leaves me flowers everywhere. Who is he? He's a stalker, bitch. Yeah. Like, run away. Kill that dude. <laughs> Why me? And then and then in the trailer, he says, like, it's just because I walked past your apartment one night and I looked in the window and you were crying. Seriously I creepy. To, I had to know you. So, so creepy. That was the 90s, folks. A whole movie where they turned stalking into romance. Yeah, and then there's that that one that one part where like her best friend who looks kind of like a, a young Judy Tenuta. I don't know who the actress <laughs> is, but she's like, if you hurt her, I'll kill you. Okay. And he's like, oh, have I got news for you? I've already planned on murdering both of you. <laughs> So you will not get the chance. I have the rope and the tape in my car. That has been my plan all along. That's the part of the movie they don't show you is where he actually kills. He could fucking annihilates everyone in her life. He, he pushes back his like hydrangeas and marigolds <laughs> that he's and there's just like a murder board behind all the flowers in his apartment. <laughs> like you think it's all romantic because you walk in and it's like 15 dozen roses and then he just pops out from the back with a fucking machete. <laughs> yeah, he got to go. You're not missing anything with better. Unless we rewrite it to be that. <laughs> Having said that, I kind of want to watch it. Like, I'm like, should I watch it? Am I going to cry if I watch it? I feel like I might cry. Of course you'll cry. <laughs> You well, talk a good game on this podcast, but you're sensitive. Oh, I, look, I make no bones about that shit. <laughs> I am I am a big softy, as we know. <laughs> and, and it's evident from the episode that we did, because I feel like this got kicked off way, way back when, when we, we did talk about Christian Slater being like your numero uno crush, right? And I think it was because we were talking about uh, Gleam in the Cube, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I talked about at one point, like I watched Untamed Heart like a hundred thousand times and bought bought the standard dev DVD at Blockbuster uh, before they went out of business. But so so here's my list. Here's here's my choices. OK, I, I can't believe we haven't even gotten to your picks. I yet. know. Let's go. <laughs> because I kind of was like, I just want to know about your picks. <laughs> it's like, who cares about mine? I guess I'm going to. <laughs> Fuck Adam from Untamed Heart. Because you want to kill him. It would be him. like a real emotional F. Because <laughs> you know he's he, going to die. And then he dies. <laughs> so. <laughs> that would be, it would just be very intense. A one-time intense situation, which I, I'm, I'm okay with. Look, the, um, there's nothing like going out with a terminally ill bang. <laughs> That's how I want to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Probably even more controversial is that I'm going to marry Lewis from Panorama. What? <laughs> Wait, that means you're killing Mark Hunter. I know. And I don't want to do it necessarily, but I feel like, again, the, it's the snarkiness that I just feel like is not an, like an LTR thing where I'm just like, oh, I'm going to sit around and this guy's just going to hate everything. He's going to be like, 
a 55-year-old, like, bitter Gen X guy who's like, you know, oh, God, I fucking hate modern music, man. It's like these stupid bands, like all these, like, new bands. If there's if there's one thing we've learned from our FMKs, especially the, from the Chucky episode, you're not about that mouth. <laughs> I hate that mouth. And Mark Hunter got a mouth on him. <laughs> I'm sorry to like every dude in my generation, but I don't want to marry you. I mean, look you at have like to apologize to those fucking dudes. <laughs> <laughs> they never learned how to be human beings. Goodbye. <laughs> like what? We don't owe them shit. Gen X women were like, all right, I have to do everything. I have to take care of myself. I have to buy a fucking house. I have to do everything. And the dudes were like, I don't know if I like Nirvana. And I'm like, that can't be your life. <laughs> like, I had apologizing to those dudes for never growing up. Oh, my God. So that, so there you have it, Nicole. That That is the answer to your incredible email this week about Christian Slater. I hope it satisfies. Beautiful. Wow, that, fe- that felt like... A, a big weight off my shoulders. You want to read this next one? You know, I do. The email subject is a surprise to no one. Straight man has never heard of Thelma and Louise. <laughs> Dear Millie and Danielle, thank you for your superb podcast. It is such a delight. I was recently on a date with a man. My first mistake, I know. <laughs> when the conversation came around to movies, I mentioned I had recently rewatched Thelma and Louise. He shrugged. You don't know Thelma and Louise, I asked. Well, I'm not so good with directors. What are some of their movies, he replied. (gasps) This man had neither seen nor even heard of this incredibly famous picture. I immediately knew I never wanted to see him again. Now, of course, people don't have to like everything I like, but this helped me discover we were on different planets taste-wise. I'm curious, are there any movies that you use as a litmus test when getting to know new people? Are there any that would constitute an automatic pass or fail? Thanks again for all you do. Eileen, who uses she, her pronouns. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Eileen, you took one for the team with that date. I'm so sorry. I'm glad you got out of there and you're not yeah. going back. Well, and like, okay, I was trying to think of like, in what ways would I give this guy a pass for not realizing that Thelma and Louise weren't the names of two directors? Like, Merchant Ivory or something. <laughs> like I was like, either he's not from this country or he was he's working in a research station in Antarctica or something. Like I don't those are the only two ways I'd be like, okay, well I get it. Wow though. That's uh that's pretty big information to drop in there on well, date. And this is this I, I agree with Eileen that this is a different planet kind of question. Where like if you haven't even heard of it then you don't pay attention to the same things pop culturally that I do. Like we're not on the same level in that way, which is very important to me. Yeah. So, yeah. So then like, so what about you? Okay. Like the second part of her question, is there like a movie, I guess it would be like kind of both ways, right? Like a movie where if, if you were on a date or somebody or with somebody and they mentioned this movie, it's, a no-go or if they mention a movie it's like a hell yeah let's 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 bone well you know me first and foremost if anyone has seen the raid i'm gonna fuck them in the restaurant or the coffee (laughs) shop or wherever we are (laughs) wow (laughs) if you have seen the raid redemption you're getting many more dates (laughs) like end of 100 percent 
But I also like, I feel like I don't have, I don't have a fail in terms of like, if I mention a movie that they haven't seen, unless it's like something like this, like a big pop culture movie. But I feel like, oh, I I get excited to like introduce people to new things or kind of, there's a lot of discussion can kind of stem from, from that sort of thing. But I will, I will say, and this comes from purely from my 90s Gen X-ness, if anyone mentions the fucking movie Das Boot to me, I'm walking out of wherever we are. <laughs> das Boot? <laughs> this is like the second or third time we brought up Das Boot in the history Dudes of Dudes are fucking podcasts. obsessed with that movie in the 90s. <laughs> and I'm like, get over it. Whatever it, it is, get over it. Get over Das Boot. But that kind of shit. Not even like Fight Club, though. You don't you don't raise an eyebrow when somebody's like, Fight Club's my favorite movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that that would be like a, a preliminary question that I would use to even weed him out before the first date. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, and, and usually put it this dudes that like that are like obsessed with Fight Club. They usually put it in their fucking bio. Yeah, that feels almost so passe. That if you are at this point still in an extreme stand for Fight Club, I'm kind of like, were you at a research station in Antarctica <laughs> for your, most of your life? Like, how do you not know, like, that? So many more movies have come out. So well, many more. Th- and that's how I feel. Exactly. So many more movies have come out. I kind of feel that way, too, with, I gotta say, I kind of feel that way about Caddyshack. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel yeah. like when a guy's like, I love Caddyshack. I'm like, mm, yeah, a, never, just dig a little deeper. Just a yeah. little, tiny bit deeper. I've never seen it. I've never seen Animal House. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like not into the type of person who would love that, those films. Yeah, I, I feel Caddyshack in particular. I think it's because I'm from the South. And there's just like a lot of like preppy guys who play golf that like like that shit. And I'm like, and I've I've, I've watched it. I've watched it at least two times in my life, Ugh. and I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's probably, like, not my fave. You've given but, it a chance. You've given it a square chance. Oh, I definitely have. I definitely have. Because I was like, oh, look at all these comedians. Like, oh, you know, it's just such a classic. And then I was like, uh, you know. And there's probably men out there that are like, this bitch doesn't like Caddyshack. She's canceled. So it goes both ways. Yeah. But, but then also too, like I, I, there was a, there is a moment where I feel like there are certain movies like Fight Club. I gotta say, I think The Matrix is one where it can go either way. Like, yeah, The Matrix is like cool and awesome, but then there's a certain type of person that really, really loves it that I'm scared of. If you well, I feel I mean. like that person who really, really loves it, it's usually paired with something else that I can't handle. Like, I love The Matrix and the band Rush. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, God, yeah, get me out of here. So it's yes. usually like, like, if you just like the movie, I can get there. Because it's a good movie. It's, a, it's yeah. a good movie. But if you like it and you're obsessed with it and you also are obsessed, you're also usually obsessed with something else that's very much not me. Yeah. And I can't go down that prog rock hole with you. Yeah. It's like, I love The Matrix and I'm a horrible incel that hates women. Yes. Yeah. It can, it's so on the fence like that, you know? It's always paired with something else. But I think also, I mean, look, for both of us, I think if someone even mentioned Smokey and the Bandit, we're there. Oh, God. I mean, that's... So there are some, like, immediate, like, yes, yeses. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. I, I was trying to think about this because I think in one episode I said that back when I was like in college, if I found out a guy liked Chunking Express, I was like, let's get married. <laughs> and I feel like now, I mean, I'm pretty much, I'm pr- I've got relaxed rules now as an adult, okay? I will say, though, if a guy came to me and said, uh, I love the movie Born in Flames or like some kind of like feminist masterpiece, I'd be like, um, let's not get married, but let's be partnered and live in separate houses. Let's get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get, let's share custody of a dog. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's have a relationship where none of us have to give up our own independence or conveniences. And if his, if his movie's born in flames, he's down for that. Yeah, exactly. He's an evolved dude. So there you go. So that would be kind of my answers for that. But I, this is actually a really interesting question. Also, oh, one more. Inception. <laughs> Wait, What? <laughs> That's a movie that if a guy's like, I love Inception, it's like the greatest movie. I'm like, oh, uh, oh, I like Inception. Am I that dude? Are people saying that to me? Like, oh, gosh, he likes Inception. It, it's not. No, actually, it's more attractive if you like Inception. <laughs> I'm just saying it's less attractive if there's a guy that comes with it in a very emphatic intense way. That's just that is wild. I've never encountered that dude. Now I want to. I can't wait to find that dude because I feel like we'd fight. I feel like you'd think, oh, they both like Inception. Maybe they'd be perfect for each other. No, I feel like I'd fight that guy because that guy, again, it's always paired with something else where he's like, Christopher Nolan's the only fucking director that matters. And I'm like, I can't with this. I got to fight you now physically. Also, I will say this is bringing up so much for me. I didn't even realize this, but that's the beauty of the bonus episode. Um, If some guy is like, you know, my favorite movie is portrait of a woman on fire i'd be like no you would think that would be attractive to me but i'm like no you're fetishizing lesbianism (laughs) goodbye (laughs) yeah oh i know and that's that's why i think born in flames is an actual good litmus test because i don't believe there's lesbian sex in born in flames it's just activism so you know so a guy that's like well i can't watch a lesbian movie unless there's lesbian fucking in it that means that, you know, they would have to get past that level in order to enjoy Born in Completely. Flames. Completely. Yeah. Even though Portrait of a Woman on Fire is basically like, well, let's touch pinkies. <laughs> like, it's not easy. It's, it's like barely gay. But the it- armpit movie. Is that the armpit movie? <laughs> is it? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> the armpit movie. Right? Isn't there... <laughs> What do you think's happening to these armpits in this movie? It was like the 1800s. Yeah, I didn't. I swear. Yes. Casey said yes. Okay. Maybe I, maybe I forgot. I've only seen it once. I did not remember an armpit part. Did she like kiss it? She licking armpits in that movie? Oh, God. Is that the extent of the lesbian sex in that movie? Because I was bored by it. I want to say that it's like some kind of drug. They take a drug and it's through their armpits or something. Or am I getting that confused with, like, the worst person in the world? No, worst worst person in the world, they just straight up took LSD. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. I need to rewatch Portrait of a Woman on Fire, apparently, because I did not remember the armpit drug scene. <laughs> <laughs> Which does not bode well for me trying to keep Alzheimer's at bay, because it wasn't that long ago that I saw it. <laughs> well, I just told you I thought it was a different movie, so we both need to <laughs> do some brain games. <laughs> <laughs> ah, holy shit oh what a great email Amazing. what a great email 
Um, thank you so much, Eileen. Yes, Eileen. Thank you so much. I'm going to read this next one. Yeah. Yep. yep. This one is from Lindsay and it's called best part of going to the movies in the nineties as a teenager. Hey, you two crazy kids. First, love the pod. It's the only one I listen to without ever skipping any episodes. And your intros always make me laugh slash add joy to my day. Second, we're about the same age. I'm 45 and grew up as a 90s kid. And I'm curious if either of you ever did this. But my favorite part of going to the movies back then was planning to see a R-rated movie but telling our parents we were going to see a different one instead, something PG or whatever. We'd look up the movie times in the newspaper, remember those old things, and then coordinate as closely as we could on the timing. We'd buy the ticket for one movie, then sneak into the rated R movie instead. There was something thrilling about the whole experience and getting away with it, and also seeing a damn good movie we wouldn't be able to otherwise in the process. Ah, the good old days. Keep on doing what you're doing, Lindsay. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if, I I come at this from two different two different positions because on the f- one hand, there's no way my grandmother gave a shit about me seeing an R movie. I was gonna say, yeah, like I did not have to hide that from her, but yeah. I did have to help my other friends hide it from their parents. Yeah. So I definitely did that because a lot of my friends were like, "I'm not allowed," and I'm like, "What? Yeah. You're not allowed to see Silence of the Lambs? Let's go!" So yeah. definitely did that 100. But my family did not care. Like nobody was checking. And another beautiful part of the 90s, nobody was checking to see what I was actually doing. But it was also easier to do back then because, as I have stated, I used to skip into a lot of movies. Because yeah. movie theaters are by and large run by teenagers, or at least they were. Mm-hmm. So nobody cared if we went in with like a crew of eight people and we're just sitting in an R-rated movie. No one was going to come in and be like, hey, you're 11. What are you doing here? Nobody gave yeah. a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I... I don't think I was ever told not to see R-rated movies. But yeah, I definitely remember there being like having friends whose parents were like super Christian or something. And then we couldn't Mm -hmm. watch things and we would have to sneak into something else. But I now I'm just trying to recall what that would be. Because I was always like, I think my vibe was like trying to see more than one movie in a day. That was like my way of sneaking around in the movie theater. Like I was like, I remember going to say, God, this is an this was an epic afternoon. But I remember my friend and I went to go see Ringmaster, the Jerry Springer movie. <laughs> oh God. Rest in peace, King. Rest in peace, King. So we went and saw Ringmaster. And then speaking of Christian Slater, another movie that was playing in the same movie theater was Very Bad Things. Do you oh, remember that God, movie? Yeah. And that, we, so we watched Ringmaster and then we were like, okay, let's pretend we're like leaving. Like you go to the bathroom and then I'll like, you know, walk into another movie theater and then you meet me in the Very Bad Things movie theater. And I remember we both sat there for probably about 15 minutes and then we're like, this is the worst movie we've ever seen. And we left. <laughs> so it's a good litmus test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, But that was, I think, more... I that's the thing that I remember more is that I wanted to see like multiple movies in a day, but only pay for one. Yes, absolutely. And the newspaper was crucial for that. Sometimes I would just rip that part out of the the newspaper and carry it with me. Yeah. 
So then in between movies, you can be like, all right, this one's starting next. Like we can go. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you stood there and looked at the board, it'd be obvious that you're like skipping into the movie. And the board was usually in the front with all the times on it. And you have like after you buy your ticket, you can't see that board anymore. So you have to bring the newspaper with you. But yeah, of course, that was like the, the 90s rite of passage, sneaking into movies, pretending you're going to see a PG movie and going to see an R movie. It's why we're all supremely fucked up right now. Yeah. Did your so you, did your grandmother ever take you to an R-rated movie in the theater or was it just like rented stuff or like It was rented. Like we watched yeah. a lot of R-rated movies at home. Yeah. Yeah. She never wanted to go to the movies with us cuz we were fucking kids. We were nightmares. And she's like, "I'm not going with you kids to a goddamn movie." <laughs> yeah, I know. I just saw recently I rewatched Total Recall. And I had not seen that movie since the movie theater. And then I I remembered that my dad took me to see Total Recall, like when it came out. And I'm pretty sure that's an R-rated movie. But I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I don't even remember how old I was. I was probably like 12 when I saw Total Recall. So I'm like, huh, my dad brought me to an R-rated movie. He wanted to see that movie. That's all. He wanted to see it. And you were with him for that day for whatever reason. You got got to. You got to see it. And and I got to tell you, just for the record... Total Recall fucking completely holds up. It is the really? best. Oh my God, I love the shit out of it. Let's like, put it in an episode. I'd love to see it again. Oh my God. Between that and Tremors, I was like, 1990 is the greatest year for film. <laughs> Write a book about it. Oh God. Don't don't tempt me, but um, <laughs> yeah. So that's a good question, Lindsay. Actually, yeah, that was pretty you. thought-provoking for us. Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate it. All right. The next email subject is breakup movies. Hi, Danielle and Millie. First of all, I love your pod. My favorite thing to do is listen while I'm cooking dinner on Tuesday evenings. Your friendship makes me happy and I truly love how you two support each other. Thank you for setting that example. I am currently going through a breakup from a 10 year plus relationship. I'm having a very difficult time with this. My therapist suggested watching sad films so that I can feel the sadness to help me tolerate my emotions. I'm doing my best. My question to you two is, what are some good breakup films that you would suggest to watch? I recently watched Begin Again, starring Kira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo. I would say that it really hit home for me in so many ways, from when she realizes her boyfriend is cheating to all the wonderful music played throughout the film, the connections that are made through music and the reality that it's okay to begin again. Thank you for making me feel validated when I stand up for myself and other marginalized people against the patriarchy who is constantly trying to bring us down. Also, thank you for making women of our age, I'm 43, feel cool for wanting to do nothing more than stay home, watch movies, and cuddle our pets. Stay cool and kind. Best wishes and warmest regards. Amanda, who uses she, her pronouns. Aw, Amanda. Amanda. Well, I mean... my knee, my knee-jerk instinct is to say I'm sorry your ten-year plus relationship ended, but if he was cheating on you or if there was, I, it's not always a bad thing when those relationships end. So I will say I hope you're in a good place now. And your therapist suggesting watching sad films is interesting to me because I haven't broken up with someone in a long time, but when I do, I go the other way. I want revenge and bloodshed and humor. <laughs> And I do not want sadness because I'm already pretty good at being sad. (laughs) So I would suggest watching something like The Wedding Singer, (laughs) which is a great fucking breakup movie. (laughs) That part where he's singing, maybe we could drop the clip in, but where he's singing, it was all bullshit. It was a fucking joke. But it all was bullshit. 
love it when he's like, get out of my Van Halen t-shirt before you <laughs> jinx it and break up the band or whatever. Yes! <laughs> like, that's where I go for breakup movies, is like, revenge, bloodshed, or humor. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm i with you. I mean, obviously, I'm going to suggest Possession from 1981. That's a really good breakup movie. <laughs> You did not just suggest possession for a break. <laughs> Bitch, I love you. <laughs> that is that would probably Ooh. send you over the edge, I have to admit. <laughs> um that would send you over the edge to not just feeling good about your breakup but literally never wanting to date again. <laughs> yeah. You're like, "At least I wasn't left for a creature." <laughs> At least. Oh, uh, God. God, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, there's like, I love The Wedding Singer, actually. I think The Wedding Singer is maybe my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. It is so fucking charming and wonderful. And Plus I've seen it's got it a lot. Buscemi in it, and he's hot. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's hot great. now. Yeah, he's hot. <laughs> he's your boyfriend. Um, God, I mean, I d- I'm trying to think of like some other things. Like, I... Oh God! I mean, I mean, of course, we've talked about a lot of breakup movies on the podcast, and we've talked about like High Fidelity, you know, another like real, real sour breakup movie. I don't know. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf is where I'd go. Like, oh God, we I could have ended up in a marriage with that person. Yeah, or like <laughs> even like waiting to exhale or something like something that's kind of like a good like fuck you. I'm so happy to be single. Yes, and. I don't know. I mean, there's all there's also like I, I don't know. To me, I don't like the kind of like like lighthearted rom coms. I like to go dark. <laughs> it's like if we're yeah. already dark, Shock. let's go darker. What had you have you ever seen Blue Valentine? I don't yeah. remember. How, yeah, I haven't seen that since it came out. And that shit wrecked me. I only saw it once because it was like devastating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like that might rock you a little too much but i don't know i would give i would personally give it a go if I was, that's a good one if i was going through a breakup but yeah i don't know that's i think those are my choices I think that's great yeah i think that's great and amanda listen we hope you get through it and come out the other side remembering that you're fine just the way you are that women our age can do whatever the fuck we want and you'll come out of this being in a better place and that's all. Just keep listening to things that make you happy. Lean towards all of your emotions. Keep going to therapy. You'll be fine. Yeah. You will have your Nestle Alpine White moment where you're on the rock. You're looking out into the horizon. And yes, storms in Africa is playing behind you. And you'll be like ready to transition into the next phase. So. Yeah, or you'll be on a date with someone at a seaside restaurant and he'll bring up Das Boot and you can just slip the table <laughs> and get the fuck out of there. You can roundhouse kick him in his fucking face. That's right. <laughs> no Das Boot in this house. This next one is short. This one's one is short, but so cool. I think this um, this letter is from Alize. 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 Both ways are cool. But the title of it is Femme du Cinema. Hi, I'm a French tattoo artist and a big fan of the pod. I'm listening to the latest episode and just had to throw my hat in the ring. If you're ever in Marseille, it would be an honor to give you a Femme du Cinema tattoo. 
Sincerely, Alize, Alize. Wow. Um, I think all that means is we are taking a specific trip to Marseille. Oh, my God. Marseille. For sure. Yeah. I will definitely go do that. And we did. We also got a, a nice email from someone who drew some femme du cinema art. Um, and they put Frank heads in the background. What? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Maybe. Well, I'll ask if we're allowed to post it on the uh, on the Instagram because yeah. it was beautiful. I mean, we for copyright reasons cannot actually make that a T-shirt or get that tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> but it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So thank you. We are definitely making a trip to France to get this tattoo. Also, I'm sorry. I'm feeling ourselves because we have French listeners. I know. A French yeah. tattoo artist. I know. I'm like, listen, we have the best listeners in the world. We have a listener who's a French tattoo artist. Okay. Like. It's the coolest. Fuck all you other podcasts doing some things. <laughs> I love it's that. It's competition now. Whose <laughs> listeners are coolest? Ours. Get out of here. We don't even have to have this fucking competition. I love this for us. Okay. Uh, just, thank I you do. so much for writing in and making us feel cool and giving us a reason to travel and get a tattoo. That was the best. <laughs> the best. All right. I got one more. Yeah. You ready for it? I'm ready. The email subject is obsolete video store job stories. <sighs> Dear movie maven goddesses. I'm, I'm not going to accept that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I worked at West Coast Video in the 90s, and I still miss it sometimes. Here are some lowlights. The year Groundhog Day came out, and my boss made us play it on repeat on February 2nd. I still cringe every time I hear the first few notes of I Got You, Babe. Repeatedly finding Watership Down and Fritz the Cat in the children's section because they're animated. Being asked repeatedly to find that movie with the guy from that other thing where everything like explodes and stuff. You know the one I mean, right? And yes, nine out of ten times I did. Ah, good times. I miss the discoveries of being able to take home two videos a night and I can still conjure up the store's theme song if I give it a second thought. Video stores may be gone, but movies live on forever. Thank you for your passion, the laughs, and for schooling me with every show. Please keep up the good work. Side note, Millie did an episode where she basically interviewed Danielle. Can we get a vice versa on that, please? I'd love to know more about our Seven Deadly Monkeys member. Thanks again and toodles, Amanda, who's a she, her pronouns. I absolutely love the notion of Fritz the Cat being in the children's section. I know, me too. That set me over the fucking edge. Yeah, that and like Meet the Feebles or something. Like I love like the ideas of these like really like hardcore adult films being like in a children's section that's so funny video stores were wild and two videos a night that's incredible that's incredibly impressive i'm surprised i never worked at a video store for that but i wanted to i did want to address that i have asked millie several times if i could interview her and she let me do it a little bit when her book came out but only about the book (laughs) so would you be down to do a bonus episode where i interview you about your life because I have tried. Don't think I haven't tried, folks. <laughs> I mean, if the people demand it, I guess I will let you do it. Uh, I I just feel like I'm not as interesting as you, like in terms of like life experiences uh-uh. and you just, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, you know me. I just. um. First and foremost, it ain't a competition. I know. And second, I know. Of, second of all, you are. 
you're incredible. Every single time you tell me something about your past, it kills me. It cracks me up. It is so funny. You sitting at a fucking cafe in Atlanta with a pen, like a plume pen in the dark, writing in a journal. I want more of those stories. Like, how did you get to be so cool? Well, I'm like, I think that's kind of what I mean. Okay, first of all, it's definitely not a competition. We know that. I, but I feel like when I think about my life and I think about your life, like put together in the same time frame, it's like, you know, as a teenager, you were like going into New York City. And, and then as a young person, you like, lived everywhere across the country and drove to Alaska and had all these experiences and all this stuff. And it's like, my shit is like, oh, I just like lived in suburbia and I had to make my own fun because my fucking parents and my life was so boring that I'm like, while you were fighting bears, I was like, <laughs> you know, sitting in coffee shops wearing all black, being an idiot. Like, I'm just but like, I, you know... But here's what's so many more people have your experience than mine. They want to be validated. <laughs> and then you took that, you took that suburban experience and you went on to have a 20 year career as a film programmer. And yeah. even just, just getting to tell people stories about how you got into underground films and like, you used to be a DJ at a gay club. Like, come on, you got stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But that all happened like in my adult life, you know, where I was like, as I was growing up, I was just like such a little shit and hated everything. And, you know, it's just like, I just I wish hear that, that I had had, like, I wish I had had, especially in my 20s, just more of that kind of adventurous life of like, I wish I had moved. I mean, I didn't move outside of Georgia until my late 30s. So, you know, I don't know. I always look at it comparatively. I'm like, she's just so much more interesting than me. But I but I also understand it's not a competition. So, well, the know. people want to know. So would you be down for me to interview you for a bonus episode? Yeah, of, of course. I, I, of course I would do that. Um, we got it on tape, folks. Yes, yes, I would. I love how Amanda was like, I'd like to know more about our seven <laughs> deadly monkeys member. This is what I mean. Like, who has, who is in a fucking club in high school that they call the seven deadly monkeys? You're cool as shit. You've that is not cool. Wait, that is not cool. It is hilarious and cool. And it's yes, hilarious. we want to know more of that. Like, you definitely had more traditionally fun high school experiences than I did. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I want to know about, too. And I want to know about your career and just everything. Anything that makes you as wonderful as you are, I think people want to know. And I will definitely interview Millie. And okay. now we have it on. Now we have <laughs> it on, on the, record that on I've record. agreed to it. Yes, I will. I will do that. But I also th uh, thank you, Amanda, for for having an interest in my life in that way. I appreciate it. And thanks for the email. Honestly, like, so you never worked in a video store just to circle back on that? No. Did you I work wish in a record store? No. I worked at a lot of bookstores and okay. the bookstores had like record stores attached or, you know, things like okay. that, like in malls. And, so. Okay. So you had bookstores and like coffee shops. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know why I thought you worked in a record store, but no. Yeah. Uh, listen, I love nineties video store culture. We can talk about it all fucking day. And I love this email, Amanda. Thank, thank you, you, Amanda. Well, what an ep. I love it. Please keep sending great emails to us. We are at, I saw what you did pot at gmail.com. 
Uh, you can find us on our social media at Isawpod on Instagram and Twitter. We also have merch. Go to the uh, I Saw What You Did section of the Exactly Right Shop. And this bonus episode, like all our new bonus episodes, drops on the third Thursday of every month. And if you are writing to us, your chances of getting your email read on the show increase with the deletion of paragraphs. So the fewer paragraphs you have, the more likely we are to read your email on the show. You can you can send us whatever you want, but if you want to hear your letter read aloud, yeah. then keep it short and sweet. Yeah. All right, Danielle. Listen, as always, a fucking pleasure doing this podcast with you. The best. Das Boot. <laughs> das Boot. Now, okay. Now you got to say Das Boot at the end of every episode. Sorry. <laughs> no, because then people are going to want to watch that fucking movie. <laughs> it's be- Das Boot has become the new Mark One. I hate to say it. <laughs> so. Das Boot. Goodbye. <laughs> This has been an Exactly Right production, produced by Casey O'Brien, mixed by Edson Choi. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogel, artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Daniel Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod, and you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.